Acts chapter 3. Are you ready to go in a little bit deeper today? Acts the third chapter is where we're beginning. This is a series entitled Life Changes. Of course, we are uh, celebrating exactly that. Changes that have taken place in, in many of your lives. And also, of course, uh, presenting the possibility to those who need a life change that God is a God of changing lives and wants to turn things around for you. Acts chapter 3, let's read verse 19, 319. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Do you see the connector there in the middle of that, that verse that says, so that, so that, you do this so that this will happen. That gives us our part of the equation, doesn't it? This is what needs to take place so that these times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord can come. And I tell you what, if you've ever been in the presence of the Lord, if you've ever had a refreshing from Him, you know it's worth anything on the other side of, of uh, so that. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, uh, anything that the Lord says to do, the other side of it, it's, it's just worth it. It's worth it. Listen to this from the Amplified. It reads, so repent, change your mind and purpose. And that's really what we're talking about here. Uh, not just your, maybe the time that you repented and came to salvation, received the Lord as your Savior, but it really continues in this regard, change your mind and purpose Turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air may come from the presence of the Lord. Praise God. And so the Lord's wanting to bring some refreshing, some change, some recovery. If you've lived in this life, in this world very long, which probably your whole life, I guess. Uh, you've lived in this life, in this world very long. You've experienced some of the effects. Some of it by, you know, your own choices and decisions, but some of it, even not, it's just we live in a fallen world. We live in a, in a, in a dangerous environment. You know, the Bible says about Lot, who was Abraham's nephew, and that's, it says that his righteous soul was vexed from day to day, seeing and hearing the, uh, the things that were going on around him. Remember, he lived in, in, the, in Sodom, you know, very uh, evil and wicked place. And he was considered a righteous guy, but he was being impacted day in and day out just by seeing all the, the nasty stuff going on around him. And I tell you what, just like it did him, these things can affect us. But there is a refreshing, yeah, there is a, a replenishing there is a recovery from the effects of this world, from the effects of sin, as, as it's stated here, from the effects of heat. There is a refreshing and a recovery that comes from God. And I tell you what, He wants to do that in our lives. When we will turn from patterns that exist in our life that, uh, I mean, patterns that really lack spiritual progress, patterns that lack... Uh, evidence of God's abiding presence, then we can uh, experience this freshness. We are enabled to move forward with renewed purpose. But God is in the business of 
of exchange. We talked about that some last week. He wants to exchange his goodness for your badness. You know, he, he wants to exchange his strength for our weakness. He wants to replace what's gone wrong with something right. That's all, what he's always been about doing these things. I know it's very frequently universally agreed that when we get to heaven, oh, it's going to be a happy day. Oh, it's going to be so good and no sin and sorrow and pain and suffering and just life and joy and peace and satisfaction forever. I mean, every Christian you would talk to, they would pretty much agree that that's going to be the case in that day. And thank God we have unity on something. Amen? (laughs) But sometimes where we we get into a little bit of, uh, you know, different opinions and thoughts is, is as to what we're supposed to experience in this life. Many people say, oh, it's going to be great there, but here, you know, we're not quite sure what God wants to do and what He wants us to have and experience and enjoy and, and how we're supposed to respond to the circumstances of life. But I tell you what, again and again in Scripture, uh, we see that the will of the Lord is the same for heaven and for earth, that really He doesn't want a blessing there and a curse here. I mean, the fact is there, there are curses in the earth uh, because of sin and poor choices. It's not the will of God, though. You know, remember Jesus uh, taught his disciples to pray, and he said, uh, "He said, pray that thy will, the, the will of the Father, would be done on earth, totally different from the way it is in heaven." Right? No, he said, "Pray that that His will would be done on, on earth, like or as it is in heaven." In other words, He doesn't have two wills; it's the same deal. And so, the Lord is helping us greatly to see these things, to recognize truth, and to begin to experience and walk in His plan. And uh, some of that, you know, it is definitely a changed life. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians the 5th chapter. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to, to look there. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to get one. I know a lot of you use electronic Bibles these days. That's, that works too. Uh, if you don't have one, we'll put the Scriptures on the screen. But the uh, reason I encourage you to do that because it helps to register on your, your own mind. When you look at it, you look it up, you write things in the margin, you underline, and you, know, you make this thing personal. 2 Corinthians 5.17 uh, is one of my favorites. It says, uh, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... Everybody say, in Christ. Christ. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Is that good news? I tell you what, I've read that so many times that I'm still excited about it. (laughs) Praise God. It's good. If anyone is in Christ. See, that's key here. And let's do a little background for a moment. Biblical language... Bible terminology, if you will, you could say kingdom uh, expression is this. Every person on the planet is either in Adam or they are in Christ. Everybody listening to me? In Adam all have sinned. And how many know the scripture says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? So a person is either considered to be in Adam or then they are in Christ, and if they are in Christ, they're a new creation, right? See, the Lord doesn't view 
us. He doesn't view humanity, His creation, the same way that most of us do. We like to group people into different categories and classes. And, and, you know, I mean, we can categorize people a million different ways. You know, and we look at, we look at someone where, you know, where they're from and, you know, they do things based on, you know, on, on gender, on nationality, on, you know, uh, when it comes into religious circles, you know, we talk about a person is a, this kind of a Christian or this kind of a Christian or, you know, we're talking about denominations and that kind of thing. And there's so many different ways we want to segment and, 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 and define people according to what group they're a part of. How many know if we back up and look at this thing from God's perspective, see the big picture, there's only two groups. Isn't that right? There really is. There's only two groups. There are those who are in Adam and those who are in Christ. There are those who are in the kingdom of God, those who are in the kingdom of darkness. There are those who have been saved and those who haven't been. Everybody with me today? You know, it's like if... if, if it, sorry, Amy. Uh, if there's a... <laughs> You know, you know how it goes. If you're in the living room, you're an American. And if you're in the kitchen, you know, you're a German. Right? And uh, if you're in the bathroom, European. I, groans. I heard a lot of groans in this area over here. And they were well-deserved. I apologize for taking your time. It came up spontaneous in the first service and I couldn't resist it the second. All right, but let's get back to the Scripture. The Lord sees things. He sees you. He sees me. I'm either in or I'm out. I'm either, I'm either washed or I'm not, or I'm still in my sin. And, uh, and, and uh, like I said, so we categorize people many different ways, but really this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where, where God sees us. If anyone is in Christ, not if they're in Christ and if they have been good for a week, <laughs> if they're in Christ and they've also been in church, or if they're in Christ and they've also, and we could add all kinds of things, then they're a new creation, then old things are passed away. No, no, just in Christ. This is really good news. He said old things have passed away and all things have become new. Let me give this to you from a couple different translations that you might not uh, have. They're not commonly carried around. The easy-to-read translation says it this way. When anyone is in Christ, it is a whole new world. The old things are gone. Suddenly, everything is new. The Phillips translation reads this way. For if a man is in Christ, he becomes a new person altogether. The past is finished and gone. And everything has become fresh and new. Anybody like that? I tell you what, that's good news. Now think about it. If that's the case, the old is gone, the old has passed away, all things are now made new. Uh, it seems to me the primary goal then would just be to get in Christ. If I could get the in Christ thing to happen in my life, then I don't have to try to get rid of my past. I don't have to work on uh, leaving the past and moving forward. The fact is, if I can just get in Christ, there is no past. 
If I can get in Christ, I have nothing from the past to deal with. It's kind of like uh, I, I frequently in the past when I've when I've worked with some of what our people do with those who uh, receive the Lord right away. I would always use this illustration. It's after someone just prays, they just get born again. Uh, I would say, have you ever been to the hospital? You ever been to the, the little area where they where they have the brand new babies, the infants, and they're in there in those little uh, thingamajiggers? That's the technical name. Uh, uh, and people are out there looking through the window, uh, and, and they're looking at these babies. You ever see people going up and, and, and kind of with a scowl on their face, looking at those babies and saying, oh, those little rascals. Man, those rotten little creatures. Uh, those, you know, someone just needs to do something about these. No, I mean, no one ever speaks down. No one ever has a, an ill thought. It's just, wow. It's just amazement. It's just, well, what's going on here? Well, these babies have no past. They just started. They've never done anything wrong. They, they have no history at all. They are brand new. It's a, it's a, it's a picture of innocence, right? And how many know when you get born again, that's the way you are in the mind of God? That's the way you are in Christ. Just like that. I mean, people come in here, they might be 20 years old or 10 years old or 50 years old or 80 years old. But how many know the moment they make Jesus the Lord of their life, they have no past? I wonder, the angels looking over the bandstands of heaven and, or looking from the second row or wherever they're sitting today. You know, looking and saying, oh, look at that. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. <laughs> Look at that. Nice. I mean, there's no ill thought. There's not, ah, those guys need to get their life cleaned up now. No. You just got in Christ. The getting in Christ did the cleaning up for you. Just like that. Everything's perfect. There's no past. There's nothing to be regretted. There's nothing to think about. It's just, I'm I'm new in Him. It's a clean slate. It's a fresh start. We've erased the past and now we rewrite going forward. See, this is the reality of... Of what every one of us who have received the Lord have experienced. And those who haven't received the Lord yet, get ready, get ready, get ready. I tell you what, you're about to have it wiped clean. Okay? So again, like I said, the goal then would be just to get in Christ. It's automatic. It's a fact. The removal of the past is is, is an accomplished fact. I remember hearing the story from... uh, Kenneth Hagin years ago when he was telling about how how the Lord caught him up uh, into heaven. And how he was before the Lord. And at one point, he said he was, he was kneeled down before the Lord Jesus. And, and, and uh, he, said, he said to the Lord, he said, uh, No one as unworthy as I should look upon your face. He, he, he said, the Lord said to me, uh, he said, No, you are worthy. He said, he called me worthy because uh, all my sins had been forgiven. He said, I have made you worthy. Your sins have been washed away. Stand up on your feet. And how many know many times people view themselves that way? Unholy and undeserving and unrighteous and all this kind of stuff. But that's through our own lens. That's through our own past and our own experience. I'm telling you, God doesn't see us that way. If you come into Christ, He sees you through that lens now. Wow, this is, some of you must be really holy all by yourself or something because you're not real excited about that. 
Hold your finger there, if you would. Go uh, over to um, Romans 6. Hold your digital finger if you need to. You all have a digital finger? Bookmark. See, every saved person is in Christ. This is kingdom language both for our condition and our position in Christ. It's different than being, how many know being in Christ is different than being in church? And really, being in Christ is different than just believing in Christ. It's just different, it's different from just believing in God or, or, or a lot of other things. Being in Christ is a very unique and necessary condition that we all must have. Now, look at uh, Romans 6, common salvation scripture here that we use. Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, where? In Christ. Eternal life, where is it? In Christ Jesus our Lord. So, eternal life does not exist apart from being in Christ. And anyone who is in Christ has eternal life. They really go hand in hand. If you're in Christ, you have eternal life. If you don't have eternal life, you're not in Christ. Okay? If someone's in Christ, you think by chance there's anything else that they might have? Anything else that God might say that that person can have, that person can do, that person is? Quite a few, actually. Lots of things there. But eternal life is in Christ. And so, if someone is not in Christ, they're not in God's family. They're not saved. Um, They are not included. But if someone is in Christ, then here's where we're going with this. Then that person needs to learn what that means. I'm on a continual journey myself to understand more and more who I am, not in the mirror. Who I am, not in my memory or description of myself, but who I am in Him. And if I can discover and live with a a reality and awareness of who I am in Him, it will change the way I live. It will alter things that are wrong and make them right. Okay? And so... uh, This is what we're talking about being in Christ. What are the all things? If all things are made new to the person who is in Christ, what are all those things? Obviously now, I think we can clearly state that it's not physical things. Right? If you had brown hair before you got saved, you had brown hair after you got saved. If you had no hair before you got saved, you still have no hair. After you got saved. Is that right? If you, you know, your weight didn't change, you know, you're, uh, you're, you pretty much looked like the same person. You may have had a twinkle in your eye or, you know, had some joy. But, but as far as physical condition, that's not what we're talking about. Because how many know that's temporary anyway? I mean, it really is. I mean, these bodies we have, they are perishing. I mean, we're believing for strong, for strength and health and all that kind of stuff. But they are perishing. All right. That's not the eternal part of you. How many can say thank you, Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> it's not your body is not the eternal part of you. All right. But also we can see that all things it can't be referring to our our mind. Okay, our mind made a decision to accept the Lord, but our mind is pretty much the same. If 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 you were good at math before, you're probably still good at math after you get saved. 
If you weren't so good at math, you probably still stink at math. After you got saved, you're a saved person who can't add, right? You know, your personality didn't necessarily change other than, you know, character and those kind of things do. But uh, we see that all things being made new. What, what I'm saying is it's not the, the temporary stuff. It's not the fleshly. It's not the natural stuff. It's talking about spiritual stuff. The stuff that really matters. The stuff that lasts for eternity. Okay. All right. Everybody remember that we are three parts? You know, second, uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Uh, now may the God of peace sanctify you, Holy Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. When you get born again, what, what, what gets born again? The Spirit gets born again. Yeah, And you can see many times, I've heard this many times uh, from uh, Christians, from, from preachers even, when they state the, the trichotomy of man, they'll say, well, you know, we're all body, soul, and spirit. Well, that just tells me that you're conscious of your body more than your spirit. Because we're not body, soul, and spirit. We're spirit, soul, and body. Yeah. And, and it's necessary that we get this established in our mind of what's real, of what's eternal, of what's really important then the other two are more likely to fall in line. But if I see myself as a body that, you know, oh, and I have a spiritual part of me, my body's going to dominate my life. Everybody with me today? And as we're talking about changed lives, I hope you can see where we're going. It, it begins in the, the, the foundation of the real eternal part of us being changed in a moment, being changed by God, and forever remaining in that saved, holy condition. Okay, uh, there was a guy in the Old Testament uh, named, named Gideon, and uh, Gideon was used of God, but, you know, as, as this went down, you know, the nation of Israel was in trouble with their enemies and stuff, and God raised up Gideon, but an angel appeared to Gideon and, and, and called him something that he did not refer to himself as, called him a mighty man of valor. He said, you mighty man of valor. Gideon didn't see himself as a mighty man of valor. He saw himself as the least in his family. He was hiding in the wine press. He was, you know, he, he was timid to go to war. He wasn't a leader in his own mind of any kind. But God saw something different there. God knew what the potential of his life would be. So it's interesting that the Lord went forward with, with right from the get-go and said, Listen, you mighty man of valor. See, I believe the Lord wants to rewrite the opinion that we have of ourselves. Many a times we see ourselves as unworthy, unholy, incapable. We see ourselves as unable to do what He says we can do. And so He wants to give us a new name. He wants to give us a new description. He wants us to, to see ourselves not according to our past, not according to our failures, not according to our, our background, but according to who we are in Him. And that, if we'll have a renewal of our mind in that area, it lays the foundation for everything practically to change from that point. All right. Now, we're in 2 Corinthians 5. Look at the 18th verse. You kept your finger there, right? 18th verse. It goes on to say, Now all things are of God. Man, we could just start, stop right there and shout for a while, huh? Now, what do you mean now? Now that a person is a new creation, now that a person is in Christ, 
Here's what the Scripture says about us. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Would you ever say that about yourself? Like, everything about me is of God. And a lot of times, I tell you what, especially when you get caught in religious circles, people don't dare say things like that. Oh, that's almost like we're treading on holy ground. You know, we're, we're, we're overstepping our bounds there saying everything about us is of God. Now, obviously, not talking about your hair because that could be spooky. You know, not talking about some fleshly natural thing, but all things of you now, the real you, the one you really are, the one you'll be for eternity, the one you'll be in heaven that started here today or whenever you got saved. The, that, that person, everything's of God. There's nothing in you that's not of God. See, this is a perspective. This is a mighty man of valor. This is a person who can do, who, 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 who has been filled with all the things that God has said. All right. What we're talking about here is, is identification. We're talking about who do we identify with. Do we identify with the old guy who's supposed to be dead, who is dead, who God says is dead? Or do we identify with the new guy who's alive in Christ? We identify with who we are in him. 2 Corinthians 5 and the 16th verse. Now, this is just two verses uh, earlier. Look what it says. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet, yet now we know Him thus no longer. See, this is a perspective of a saved person. We are not to know people after the flesh. Hallelujah. What do we mean after the flesh? Well, it's just seeing things basically the way everyone does. Mankind in general. We judge people after the outward. According to what we see. According to their, uh, their standing. Their, their economics. According to their country. According to their past. According to their marital status. According, whatever. It's just all natural stuff instead of seeing a person in Christ. And Paul said, no, we don't judge anyone that way anymore. Now it's not about uh, what race you are, what country you're from. Not about your family background. It's not about, it's about who you are in Christ because that other stuff, it's, it's really, you know, especially background, it doesn't even exist. That old things have passed away. All things have become new. And so, if I'm going to judge no one according to the flesh, that would have to include myself. I have the possibility to look at myself and judge myself and view myself according to everything I know of my past. Or, I can judge myself, I can view myself and look at myself according to in Christ. And that's a choice that I must make. It's something I must be aware of, and, and it's, it, 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 it's something that's really going to impact and affect how I'm going to move forward. Who, who or what does your flesh say that you are? And then who are you in Christ? Who do you identify? What defines your life? Is it culture? Is it race? Is it family? Is it some condition that you've been told you have? Is it some addiction? Is it, is it, you know, is it your past of, in some other way? Is it a divorce? Is it, is it uh, abuse of some kind? What defines who you are? How do you describe yourself? 
Too frequently, too frequently individuals define themselves not according to the new person, but according to the flesh. And they'll even identify when meeting others. I'm a this. I've got a this, uh, you know, I've got this problem, or I have this past, or I have uh, this, this is who I am. Uh, but that's a good way to stay that way. It really is. Do you, do you love to tell your story? When I say, when I say that, here, here's what I mean. Because things of our past can be used in a positive if like a testimony. Like the testimony we heard today. They can be used in a positive. But some people, they just really like to tell the, the way they used to be. And at, at the end, maybe, oh yeah, now I'm saved. <laughs> or no, I'm not that way anymore. But it's like, wow, you really spent 30 minutes on your past and you gave Jesus a whole 10 seconds. Good job. <laughs> you know, I, 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 just, I just wonder when, when we identify so much, almost I, like I like to tell the way I used to be. Well, that guy's dead. I don't want to give that much thought at all. Only, only if it's to the end result of it helping someone else to see what the Lord has done to change me. Other than that, we shouldn't be about talking about our past. I used to be a real mean person. Well, are you still? Who are, who are you now in the Lord? You know, uh, disconnecting from fleshly and worldly identity is key to a God-level experience. And so when we're talking about, you know, someone says, uh, I'm addicted. Well, in Christ, you're free. You really are. Say, no, but I'm still addicted. No, 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 really. In Christ, you're not. But, but no, but I just lit up or whatever I did. <laughs> Shot up or <laughs> this morning. I know, but if, are you in Christ? Yeah, I'm in Christ. You're free. Well, how do you want to see yourself? You know, someone says, I, I, I'm, I'm diseased or I'm a, I'm a something ick. <laughs> Whatever. You can put your disease or, in the, and say, well, I'm a something. No, you're not. Not in Christ, you're not. Well, so, but in my body, I am. I know, but in Christ, that's the real part of you. That's who you really are. Your body is designed to adapt. Your body will follow your heart's condition. Your body will, will move and mold and change and adapt to spiritual reality when it's real to you. You know, someone said, I have, I have a, a temper. I have anger issues. No, you don't. Not in Christ. Now, and someone might be thinking, well, you're getting people just to be in denial here. No. Yeah. <laughs> But not in, this, not in the sense of not taking responsibility for actions. I'm not teaching that at all. I'm talking about identity in Christ. When we see ourselves who we really are, who He's made us to be, the things of this flesh, the things of this world fall off. But when a person identifies with and sees themselves as the problem, as the condition, as the, the failure, as the poor choice, as the victim, as the abused, as the whatever it is, then it only serves to reinforce that in the mind and in the outward experience. But if I will celebrate and rejoice in Jesus every time I think about it and thank God for who I am in Him, 
And if the old guy pops up his ugly head, you slam the coffin one more time. Huh? So you are not <laughs> around anymore. You have bought the farm. Kick the bucket. And now I am in Christ. Now I am alive in Him. See, this is what we're talking about, life change. That's the foundation of us coming up and coming out and experiencing all things new. It is what? The acknowledgement that they're already new. At the, acknowledge, the acknowledgement that I'm already changed. I've already been redeemed. Praise God. And so a person identifies maybe with depression and no, just starts, well, I'm just really a depressed person. Well, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're in Christ. None of that is in Jesus. <laughs> I'm just a failure, failing again and again. Every turn, everything I touch, put my hand to, turns to dirt. <laughs> you know, no, no, it's not. No, no, no. You're a new creation in Christ. That's the old guy. What you do now? Oh yeah, you've got success in your in your spiritual DNA. Well, I come from a poor family, and a, they always struggle. No, 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 they don't. No, you have a new family. Your family is the body of Christ. Your dad is God. You know, you've got a pretty good heritage going back uh, for eternity back. Yeah, you come from some good stock. Why? Because you've been born again. Things are looking up, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And we start to see things through God's perspective. I tell you what, everything's looking good. You know, I'm doing my best to look out at you today with spiritual eyes, with the eyes of, 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 of God through Christ. And I tell you what, looking good. Looking good. I tell you what, I mean, not, not one single person do, do I look at through those eyes and see, man, this person's a waste. This person, this lousy good for nothing, you know, they ever going to do anything right? No. Just potential all over the place. Just the life of God. You know, it, it's, so, it's so good. When we talk about identity, identifying with someone, if you look that up in the dictionary, it just means to regard oneself as sharing the same characteristics or thinking as someone else. What are we saying when we say, I'm identified with Jesus, I'm in Christ? I have the same characteristics. I have the same, uh, the same thinking as Jesus does. So you're saying we're just like Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is that dangerous? No. It's not our doing. We don't get the glory. We don't get the praise. But I tell you what, we are supposed to acknowledge it. We are supposed to be thankful. We are supposed to say, Lord, this is who I am in you. I'm accepting this. I'm not going to refer to myself any longer after the flesh, nor those around me after the flesh. I'm going to see, I choose to be who I am in Christ Jesus. And I am free. And I am strong. And I am whole. Come on now. I am loved. And we could talk a long, long time. And thank God we have more weeks in the future. Unless the Lord comes. I'll, we'll do this up there. Uh, but see yourself and speak of yourself in accordance with Jesus. All that He is, you are in your spirit. All that He can do, you can do, I can do in my spirit. That's my position in Christ. 
The more I'm mindful of the flesh, the more I'm defeated, the more I succumb to the world, the more I succumb to the, the attack of the enemy uh, around me, but the more I see myself in Him, I am risen with Him. The Bible says we've been seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Yeah. So it said Jesus was seated at the right hand of the Father. That's where you are. Seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're in a position of victory today. And so it's necessary that we see ourselves in Christ and to view ourselves with anything less is a, is a great hindrance to God's ability working through us. Amen. Let me finish with this. Uh, there's a pastor who went to heaven a um, uh, number of years ago. He made this pretty uh, famous. His name's John Osteen. And he used to always, I don't know, I, I guess he made this up. I don't know if he did, but uh, he became popular about how he was having his church do this and he'd do it on television and everything. And so he would, he would say, some of you might have seen this, he would say, he'd have everyone in the church stand up at the beginning and hold their Bible up. And he would say, say it out loud, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. And then say some, they'd say some other things. And I thought, that's good. That's good. I'm not who I say I am and what I think I have and what my past dictates that I can do. No, I'm a new person in Christ. An old guy's gone. And what he's saying and what we're saying is basically whatever God says about me. I am whatever He says I can do. I can do it. Whatever God says I have. I have it. Whether I see it or feel it or it seems like it. No, I'm just going to accept it at face value. God has spoken and these things are true about me now in Him. Say, but without Him we're not that. I know, but we're not without Him. Anybody thinking about checking out? I mean, there might be some that are yet to be in Him. But I tell you what, those of us who recognize it, I'm not looking to go anywhere. (laughs) Praise God. Stand up with me today. If you have a Bible, lift it up in the air. Come on, wiggle it around, make the devil mad, and make Jesus glad. You can do your phone. Say it out loud with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Amen. I am not defined by my past, by my failures, by a medical report, or by a mean person. I am defined by the Lord Himself. I am in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord today.